what's up what's up it's your girl just be real and guess what baby we made it season five season finale and guess what it's even more bittersweet because this is my last time recording in the apartment i've been recording for y'all for the last two years so season finale season five enough of me chatting let's get real my people, my people, and I'm gonna steal something from my homegirl, you know, Jacinta, aka Scent. You know, shout out to you, Scent. What's good, my people, to kings, queens, and all those things in between? How y'all feeling? We finally made it. Season finale, season five. So I haven't officially been two years. So we got until May. So May will mark two years, but I wanted to go ahead and get this episode done. One, because it's the season finale, and I feel like I want to make sure y'all get y'all this content, even though I'm in the midst of handling life right now. And two, I wanted to make sure that y'all got it on Sunday, because because I am moving, I don't feel like I'm going to have the energy to want to be bothered on Sunday. I'm probably going to sleep all day. So I wanted to go ahead and get this you know, recorded for y'all to make sure y'all got this content, because I've been consistent for the last year and a half, and we're not going to switch up the consistency now, you feel me? But I felt like it was a double entendre because of it being the season finale for season five, and me leaving my apartment, I was like, if we're going to close the chapter, let's close all the chapters, so when we start anew, we start anew, and then, you know me, I'm, I got Virgo placement, so strategically, I'm having it where y'all get this next episode on May 1st, which will be the season six premiere, and it's pretty much is a new month, and it's going to be a new new beginnings and new atmosphere for me, so what's going on how y'all doing we made it we in april like what and it's crazy i just had my adultiversary pass last sunday 11 years for spring 11 so literally just made the 11 mark which means as i get older the less i be want to be uh, you know in the mix so yes shout out to shout out to that shout out to my homegirl kayla you know we shared adultiversary april 10th she just turned six and she's the six of her line so it's the year of six she showed out and um, also got to show love to my little cousin, Ocean. He just crossed at uh, A-Team Alpha Chapter of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Deuce Dog, Show Dog, shout out to my little cousin. And it's crazy to see because he crossed on my Deltaversity, but nonetheless, he crossed Omega Sci-Fi. So, oop, rude to the good bros. Um, and shout out to him. So proud of you. Congratulations. Um, and he thought he was being real discreet when I asked him about it when he was home last summer. And I'm like, boy, been there, done that. I already know what's up. So I'm proud to see, you know, he pushed through, you know, he made it through. So it's, it's, it's a blessing, not just to watch him because I used to literally babysit him and change his diapers, but to see him join in D9 and at that, you know, you know, my brother frat. So shout out to him. Now I can honestly say I have a favorite, I have a favorite cue. I have a favorite cue. I literally can say it with, without, you know, cringing. Mm, yeah. I said what I said when I said it. So big ups to him. Um, and he's a, he's an amazing scholar. So I know grades is never an issue, but shout out to him. I know I know that had to be a treacherous process to get through, but baby, you made it, and you made it on 410. Yeah, get it. So those are only this latest updates. I'm moving, as I stated before, so life has been a little crazy. Packing, y'all know I'm a sneakerhead, so that alone within itself. I got a whole thing with fashion and vintage clothing, so that was a whole issue. Majority of my, my freaking apartment packing up was daggone clothes and sneakers and I'm glad I'm glad I started when I did because I don't think I would have survived 
Um, and I feel like a big girl because I'm literally moving on my own. Um, no help. I literally packed up my apartment by myself. Um, and my mommy was supposed to come down and help me, but you know, things change, life changes. And like I was telling my, my good sis Kayla, like I'm not, I'm not looking at the, the, delay as why is this happening to me but why is this happening for me and i feel like it was just for god to just say to me girl you gotta do some things on your own you can't always have assistance and you have me and you should have enough faith to believe i ain't gonna steer you wrong and i never have so working with my homegirl alex who happens to be my leasing agent she's super dope super love her great communication um yeah i don't know the bs i've been going through in the apartment i'm in now we not a uh, child it's been a hot ass mess but those are my friends who know just know it's just in- inhabitable living conditions and it's it was it, first of all it's time to change the t- change the chapter turn the page in the book because when i've been here almost four years come august so i needed to be in a different space two it's too fucking ghetto over here can't can't deal with it and three the living conditions are so inhabitable it's like i can't to come and put my health in hazard for this and it to four it's not fucking worth it like i'm an accountant so the dollars wasn't making no sense by living here when there's no upgrades no renovations and nothing to par but the new spot is it it's bigger it's better and i have a fireplace so i feel like i'm doing grown women shit in this new apartment and um that's the goal too because i wanted something new because now that i'm established in my 30s i can say that safely because august 27th i will be 32 it's my magic year and i wanted to continue to let magic happen so time to start new beloved time to you know get it going but i do have great things in store for y'all come season six like i said i have virgo placement so all the season six episodes are already predetermined and pre you know pre-stay slated i am gonna bring y'all something real cool um and it's not you know something because i somebody and it's funny because amanda did it after i had already planned to do it so i just that just shows up on the same wavelength and period so um i will be bringing y'all you know nothing but the 90s that'll be the next that's how we'll kick off season six and i'll be doing back-to-back episodes so it won't be bi-weekly which is what y'all used to because i feel like with that kind of content you got to keep it consistent and y'all know i love the 90s so why not go ahead and give y'all my full intake on what the 90s has done for me outside of me being born in 1990 you feel me um but outside of that i just wanted to have this where this episode is called as y'all heard my my good homeboy thunder cat them changes shout out to my girl dar put me on a thunder cat love that man's music he's definitely a rare gem and if y'all haven't gotten hot gotten hip yet tap in baby um but this is pretty much the season finale episode is a segue into our season six premiere in our series you know um so it is called b e t yes b e t and it stands for black endangered television yes Black endangered television, something we don't talk about enough, but we see all the time. But it's the conversation that kind of ruffles feathers, makes the girls want to tussle. So I'm willing to tussle. Um, So we're going to go ahead and get into that. And that's pretty much standing for, you know, the fact that there's scarcity of black TV with longevity right now. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we can definitely come and talk about full circle because there's been so many new shows and series that have aired on different streaming networks. There's been so many shows that we literally had to say goodbye to. Some of them that were welcoming. Some of them were reboots or spinoffs of some of our great favorite shows. So let's tap in. So BET, first of all, as y'all know, is normally stands for Black Entertainment Television. Because that's what BET, what we've grown up on. Known to love from Bobby Jones Gospel to, you know, 
you know, the basement to so to the summit to BT Summit to kind of like, you know, Cedars World, 106 and Park. Like we've had some amazing shows um, where they even had picked up old sitcoms where they were just rerunning, showing things like Eve, um, that kind of stuff. And I feel like, you know, being Mary Jane, we've had a plethora of shows where there's even some that are still running today in contingency of BT, such as Tyler Perry's, you know, House of Pain and Assistant Living. You have sisters, Tyler Perry's sisters. Now, that's one thing I'm going to say. Tyler Perry going to get a bag, baby. Okay. And he going to make a show and he going to let you know that it's his show. Like he did Tyler Perry's Young Dylan. Like Tyler Perry going to let you know it's a Tyler Perry show. Tyler Perry's The Oval. Tyler Perry's Ruthless. You going to know Tyler Perry is Tyler Perry. Um, and he's really making marks and strides, especially, you know, pretty much taking his shows from OWN, which he had in conjunction with Oprah, to bringing it to BET um, on that platform. And I, I think it's per. Uh, you know, it serves a big purpose, especially when we used to have Deborah Chase as, you know, VP of the whole organization of BET and a lot of its origins of how it started, where it literally was the only place um, where we could have television for us and by us. Um, so that's the major thing. We won't even go into this because I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's owned by a white millionaire. I know we all know that those are the owners now or like the people backing or funding. But at the end of the day, it's content made for us. It's, it's, it's a replication or a reflection of what black entertainment television should be. And you have a lot of hits on, on TV too, um, on BET that, you know, and even BET plus when, uh, Tyler Perry took the option of, you know, releasing BET plus giving us all our old Medea plays and, you know, all shows like, you know, Zoe ever after and, you know, reading between the lines, it was stuff like that. That was important. Um, for us to realize, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but you do have shows like games, games people play, twenties. You know Sunday best. You have movies like Karen, a bunch of BET movies that you know Hip Hop Holiday, Running Out of Time, Fall Girls, Fanatic, like Always a Bridesmaid. You know it's a lot of things where BET has blessed us with a lot of content for us to really appreciate the culture and gave us a an image of of black entertainment but i feel also now we gotta stop playing where i say it's endangered television because we're praying too much on the black trauma and i don't know about y'all but i'm fucking tired of watching black trauma why can't we just have a blissful happy ever after or just some chill shit like the the, the caucasian people do why we always got to pray on our trauma just the same way we have the trope of black women being strong and resilient we got to leave these tropes behind because it's only damaging us and literally letting us letting them know that we don't need nothing else. Um, and that's all where we can be assigned by or, you know, identified by as like black trauma. And I'm tired of it. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of it. And I love Tyler Perry. But, you know, sometimes a lot of his shit is giving uh, endangered. It's giving trauma. It's giving trauma over triumph. And it takes that you have to go through the trauma just to get to the triumph. Why can't it just be triumph from gate? Because um, we had shows like Bill Cosby. We had a different world. Shows in the 90s, I will say, like, those kind of shows literally gave us hope to know that anything is possible. It wasn't built off, you know, having to, you know, low-income families living and trying to struggle like it was for South Central or, like, you know, shows like that. It gave us a, a, a different perspective. Like, Moesha gave us middle class. They gave us middle class with 
the Cosby show, um, a different world gave us a different insight and aspect of us looking at historically black colleges as being just as good as those PWIs. Like, so I just feel like somewhere along the line outside of, of, of black ish, which gives us the real raw of what it is, which I absolutely love. And it's sad to see that, that, that shows coming to an end and grown ish, which shows pretty much, I feel like a 21st century depiction of this generation's, a different world with Yara Shahidi. Um, Kenya Barris has done an amazing job with that and with his spinoffs. I think it's pretty dope to know that they're taking some of the elements of shows like The Cosby Show in a different world, but making it more relevant to today. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was another one that we all loved and grown up on. Martin as well. Um, but a lot of people are trying to do reboots. And let me tell you, baby, leave the classics alone. Okay. Honestly, truly, I can safely say the only spinoff, because it's not a reboot, spinoff of a 90s classic that has been done well due diligence and justice, Bel Air. Bel Air has superseded my expectations of the common cliche, not reboot, but spinoff. Like Morgan Cooper, my brother, my brother. I'm glad you followed your dreams and took your vision and made it a reality because that's what we needed. But us still going through this pandemic and I knowing our lives are out of, of little value, less to none, and watching that show to see Black Excellence, where it shows the commonalities of the traumas and triggers we deal with today in society. I'm a spoiler alert, you know, with with Carlton and his anxiety and, you know, popping Xanax and having to fit in and he's not black enough to Hillary having to be a spinoff of first of all Coco Jones <laughs> yes Miss Mamas okay honey she served on uh, Bel Air as Miss Hillary Banks and it's amazing to see another uh, melanated woman okay black girl magic at its finest black of the berry the sweet of the juice honey because honey she has the juice to see that dynamic is even dope because she's pretty much a content creator we're an influencer where a lot of us kids in the 90s are the reason why we are the bridge where we created to make a creator or creative as a job description and an influence as a, as a job description and seeing her fight the adversities of saying that she's not giving what needs to be given to the proper audience when she knows who she is and what she stands for to will having to acclimate from literally still the life of the, you know, the West Philadelphia, but learning and trying to find his path of who he is to wear his crown in a whole nother atmosphere living in Bel Air where he pretty much goes from not something from something, nothing, thing to something but kind of go from the trajectory of from you know the haves and the have you know the have-nots to the haves so that's pretty dope um Ashley little Ashley being you know gender fluid and understanding of having to want to have inclusivity for you know LGBTQIA plus and knowing kind of experimenting with her sexuality and understanding at a young age it's possible to know who you are and what you what you like and what you want to be able to, you know, explore, um, uncle Phil, you know, still being about his business, but I think it was beautiful to watch aunt Viv played by Cassandra Freeman. And she did an amazing fucking job. Um, pretty much stepping into her own, going back to where created Vivian to be Viv to be Viv before she became Viv the mom, Viv the wife, Viv the support system, Viv, you know, became the Viv to everybody else. And just realizing that Viv to self is what matters. And that, again, it, it has a deeper meaning and understanding for me as a young black woman to say, like, 
you can be the mom and stuff, but never forget you. And sometimes you got to go back to where you started and originated for yourself to explore what makes you happy and what works best for you in your time to go ahead and just move forward. And it's like, sometimes you got to, you got to put yourself first. And after you can get hidden behind those titles that are automatically given and forget that you are who you are. So that was dope to witness. Um, and I think it was powerful when they brought Marlon Wayans. Amazing job that he did as playing the father, playing Lou. And, and seeing him in that setting at us outside of the comedic aspect and more so in the aspect of him, you know, delivering on a more paternal note because we know marlon wayans is a father but we've always known marlon wayans to be goofy silly marlon to just step into a whole nother atmosphere and realm and just really captivate us in that character like i don't know about y'all and if y'all haven't watched but i cried my eyes out on the season 10 finale i mean the season finale because it was so gut-wrenching and so like had you on edge it was crazy but that morgan cooper season two i'm ready i'm ready like where is it at because, baby, every person in that cast, Jabari Banks, this is his first ever role. What? Killed it. That role was made for him. The passion. And then to find out that majority of the, the scene between him and Marlon Wayans was 60% improvisation. What? You have to have a real skill, craft, and art to be able to do some shit like that. I promise you. Because for him to never have, you know what I'm saying, to, to take that and just look at that, it's like, yo, they got the best cast ever. And then to see all of what else they're giving outside of just Bel Air and how much they're, of their own lives. Because, you know, all of them are just not just actresses and actors. They have their own individual aspects of what they're going in their goals. Like Coco, just drop Caliber, stream Caliber. Get on my Caliber. Come get on my Caliber. You feel like a CEO. Then you gotta work me up. Okay. Jane is fire. Coco has always been fire, but it's just like to see how that of Bel Air literally skyrocketed and pushed her even further in her career where she's now signed with Def Jam. Baby, what? We got to start getting out this endangerment and literally start rebooting stuff and think outside the box. And that's why I say it's an endangered area because when you have creativity like Morgan Cooper and Issa Rae with, you know, Insecure, which I was so sad to see leave. Um, it just shows that creativity, you don't always have to take, you can take what you know as a foundation, but make it your own. A lot of us who are like me, who love live in nostalgia of the nineties, we do not want you to taint what we know as our best memories of a show. Cause black Twitter is no fucking joke. They will come for your throat and come at you heavy. Um, and it and it's, it seems like it's a lot of that going on where it's just like, let's try to reprise and bring something back. But it was like, baby, don't touch it if it doesn't need to be fixed. We're fine. Um, there are a couple shows, though, I will say Tyler Perry has, um, that I say, like, again, Tyler Perry, Issa Rae, Morgan Cooper, just to name a few, that are dope as fuck. Like, sisters? First of all, first of freaking all, the way that Tyler Perry be cranking out sisters seasons unbeknownst to me because when i said that man is diligent they're talking about they just wrapped season four or season five we're still in mid-season finale for the current season we're on which i think is season four like there's no games being played like and since crystal renee has hazlet is like freaking amazing kj smith novi brown like the cast is undeniable deval ellis like it's a crazy cast and it's just like it's a trinity whiteside 
the camaraderie and the bonds that are built, you can see that they're, they exceed outside of just the screen and when they deliver in their characters, but they are a bond and a formality of family that are built when the cameras are cut. And that's what I feel is always made a lot of the 90s and shows in the early 2000s so successful like Girlfriends. Because there was a camaraderie and a communication and a bond that, that was developed while they were on those days of set that allowed them to explore outside and turn their normal everyday lives to create a true bond and fellowship. Like, same thing with Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the same way. Like, you know, Terry Ellis and um, Holly Robinson Pete met on that show doing the intro for Hanging with Mr. Cooper and now have been best friends for decades. And literally, it took that one situation. You have shows like The Proud Family. That's a reboot where it's literally tapping into what's now, but they're doing it in a way where it's kind of, I want to say, low-key meant for us kids who grew up on Proud Family. I don't really want to say it's for the kids today because it's kind of more relevant to us because it's showing the growth of Penny going from little Penny to maturing Penny and her and her squad going through the diversity and woes of what today's world and society is, but it's still embracing who they are and not forgetting their origins. That what is what I feel is the endangerment because I feel like we got to go back to where we became where we came from. Understand our origins. Understand what made black entertainment television, black entertainment television. Because some of the stuff that we always have to feel like we have to like I think Quita Brunson who oh another amazing show Abbott Elementary that's my shit. Y'all know I'm a TV junkie. Like I watch TV on a regular basis. And y'all know I'm hip to every show because I tap in, tap in. And I feel like because me tapping into other shows and being diverse allows me to have different perspectives to give you different, you probably different viewpoints of what a black people, because not every black person thinks the same. So Abaddon Lakrita Brunson did a interview with Charlemagne the God. And she basically stated in her interview, like, why is it that black people always have to go through trauma for us to get ratings? Why can't we just be naturally funny and do what the white people do and just go ahead and have, automatically have the attention and the support and advertisement? And that was a valid point because a lot of us base, a lot of sitcoms and stuff are based off trauma or they're not automatically raised around being funny and there's just triumph in the ghetto. It always has to be a struggle. And it's like, it's giving... The Jeffersons kind of in a way where it's kind of like you got to move on up and go from struggle to success or like good times where you got to just keep your head above water, excuse me, just to survive. I don't feel like that's something we have to live in because a lot of black people are now taking the reins in the boardrooms, in the writing rooms, behind the director's chair. <coughs> excuse me. They're being outside of where they're making opportunities where it's not just based on what the stereotypical black cinema or black media should be and I think that's super dope like it's necessary like to have people who are in the culture or in of media or art entertainers such as you know MC Light you know Regina King taking director spots or like Tyronda, Tyronda Jones taking spots in the director's chair and even Tammy Roman where it's like I don't want to just be in front of the camera I want to be behind the camera and I want to create opportunities that's something that Holly Berry did with Bruce she made an all-female soundtrack and that was her directorial debut on Bruce for Netflix and to this day 20-something plus years later, she's the only black female to receive Best Actress. Why is, that a, why is that a thing? 
Why does she feel like she paved the way for us to still be sitting here in, in stagnant areas of us still having to fight to be able to get recognized? Why does Samuel L. Jackson have to get an honorary Academy Award? That makes no sense. Out of all he's done and contributed to the culture, to cinema in general, to media, to television. And y'all have to give him an honorary where he paid his dues and earned his stripes. And y'all know damn well the nepotism that y'all have within that culture is full of shit. So this is why I feel like it backs us in a corner where we feel like we have to do the trauma over triumph. Because that's the only way we're going to get recognized by them. But baby, you don't because what's meant for you not going to pass you like just know the culture, the community, we behind you. And as long as we see you, forget the accolades of what they see. Like I literally watched Vampires versus the Bronx yesterday and that movie was to me gave the the depiction of vampires in Brooklyn just on a more PG-13 level. And I think it was dope because it literally is a double entendre of showing how vampires take over the Bronx. And everybody know who know the Bronx. Know the Bronx is not the best area where they're trying to gentrify and buy up everything just for them to feel comfortable, but claim that they're for the culture. But the whole time, they're pretty much trying to whitewash everything that's been built. And then that's really the messaging behind the vampires because they say white people are bloodsuckers. They will suck you dry and do it in front of your face and have no remorse while they do it. And I wholly believe it because any place you see a bike path in any part of the five boroughs that means it's gentrified because was damn no no fucking bike path back when i was growing up it ain't even the same area so it becomes a ghost town because you're pushing out those who created the the area and the culture to allow those who are not from it just to be able to feel comfortable. And then now they want to complain about being uncomfortable in an area they were never meant for them. Because y'all keep forgetting the projects and shit where you got people moving into the projects now. Remember, that's places that they redlined us to live in because they wanted to have, you know, uh, population control over areas for us not to buy. So now not you only taking us and forcing us out of the redline areas you pushed us into. You're now now also not allowing us to be in the suburbs where we can actually belong and thrive better. So now it's pretty much like we're, we're going to try to make you extinct. And they said it in the movie like we're, we're, we're going to put you out like the vermin you are. That's kind of like how some white people look at us as vermin. Let me get rid of you because ain't nobody going to look at you and think twice about it because your body and you don't even matter. And that's a fact. The only thing to them, I would say, where I feel like we're good for white people is a dollar sign. Hence why they have the barter system, as I've always said before, from schools to prison. Because you get money off of prisons or inmates. I think it's like pfft, almost up to $2,000 an inmate you're making money off, off of inmates. And majority of them are what? Minorities and people of color. It's simple math. But we never want to acknowledge it. So when we have those depictions put on TV as well, that that's what we have to do in order for us to make it. That's not the truth. Literally, insecure is now a staple in black culture. To me, it is, again, this generation's girlfriends. Watching friends walk four different paths of life, all just trying to survive and do what's best for them and make it count where they don't lose themselves in the process, but know that they have each other. That's what we need to see. Show sisterhood. Show what the fact of what it is when we work together rather than work apart because your queendom can go further when you have a true sister by your side, a true tribe. That, that that show, I was sad. But you know what? All good things must come to an end. You know what I'm saying? I even took the liberty of rewatching Eve and watching how, you know, she was a successful fashion boutique owner 
and her Janie and you know had were best friends but it was just like them surviving in Miami trying to make the best and going through love and life it's a fact like it depicts it's 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 so much easier to connect when art imitates life but when life imitates art it's 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 an even more beautiful thing in connection and I think it's I think it's dope. I think it's dope that even now it's going down to trickle down to the younger generations. Like when I said with Tyler Perry's young Dylan, being a young you know kid star trying to want to make it or try to you know do whatever, but having a black family where there's stability and it's not always constant dysfunction, where there has to be a handout, where you know both parents are stable or there's a household where you're taking in another family member because you know it's all about family you know coming together. You know, The Quad was a good show to do, you know, for black stories. But I feel like All American's even better because that All American Homecoming as well, depicting the HBCU and the spinoff where it's like it shows the lives and All American of all of them coming together. But now the real world's about to hit them and they're now all going to college or earning their own thing. But you know what? There's only one person, Simone, who's no longer in the crew. She moves thousands of miles away to a whole other side of the country to pursue and go live her dreams at an HBCU. While everybody's still in, you know, California. So to have that depiction is even better to see. That's what happens in friendships. Once you leave college, everybody don't go the same path. They don't go to the same school and things change. But it's showing the acclimation and adaptation to the changes because that's the only thing that's consistent. Change is the only thing ever consistent in our lives. And yes, Change happens on television because now we're openly aware to talk about LGBTQ. We're openly aware to talk about, you know, infidelity and all this other stuff. But the endangerment comes with Mona Scott Young, honey. She, I can't get into loving hip hop no more. Like before I was loving it because it was about the music, elevating the love and the hip hop, da 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 da. But now it's just like Ratchet TV to have Ratchet TV. Like for what? You want to monetize off of drama and profits? For what? And off black people's backs. Like, is it worth it? Don't get me wrong. Don't, and don't, like, don't get me wrong. I love some of these shows. Like, and I, I, you know, I love some watching them because it's entertainment and I get bored and it just lets me see the perspective of like how much TV is going down the drain because reality TV is no longer true reality as opposed to the days when Tammy Roman was on like real world and like, you know, Heather B was on real world because those are like the two real pioneers of black females in entertainment on reality tv when it was really legit reality and not scripted like that's another thing like a lot of what they say reality tv is scripted as hell real house of, of, of atlanta i just feel like like oh, jesus i'm not even gonna go but it's just like it's too much it's too much being able to monetize and profit off of trauma and off of pain and it's like, y'all not going to get tired of it. But again, people love seeing other people suffer. And that comes with a trauma response because we were as brought over as slaves, always had to deal with trauma. So to watch somebody else struggle and it's not you and somebody's doing worse off than you is kind of like a, a, a sigh of relief for some black folks. And that's absolutely disgusting and deplorable. It's deplorable. I bet you a, a show like Bad Boys, for instance, and like Real Chance of Love. They probably got more ratings than Jocelyn than a lot of other TV shows because it's drama. It's drama. It's based off drama. So there's not much else to offer when that is what's succeeding and bringing in the money is watching drama and trauma be monetized on television and people engage in it. A show that I love that I, I, I don't think they'll probably come back for a season two, but I feel it was real engaging. 
excuse me, was our kind of people. That's some real life shit. Imagine being born, your mom passes away, you go back to roots. You find out you have a sister. You find out that the guy who pretty much abandoned you had a whole... You were pretty much a child made out of infidelity. And he pretty much is trying to cover up his past as a black man, which a lot of black men do. And try to get rid of you. It showed the the dysfunction, but it also showed the togetherness and how common that is where we don't address it because black folks just feel like whatever happens needs to stay. No, I feel like it was beautiful to see, again, having somebody who was well off and, you know, of their stature and seeing the difference in the sisterhood. Like, wow. So this is what it is to feel like to have a sister or this is what it is to allow black folks who have money. Sometimes it's like I can I can pay away from my problems. I don't got to deal with them. Television is endangered. We need more Morgan Coopers. We need more Issa Rays. Like, it's scarcity. It's real life scarcity in TV when it comes to longevity. It's scarcity. Like, you don't get shows that run for five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons no more. Like, I could honestly say Black-ish is the only show within this 21st century in the 2000s that have last eight seasons. In the 2020s, like literally has last lasted where it's coming to a season finale. Not many other shows are doing that right now. It's not happening. We don't ever want to talk about the cult life behavior, but hey, that's what Ruthless is about. Black people join cults and got cults. But we always think it's a white person thing and get caught up in a space thinking that that's the end all be all. When in reality, it's not. So it's like, where do we go from here? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we create a space where everybody is not just uplifted, but respected? Bruz is another great show that's on BET Plus or BET that's come to TV that I just feel is dope to see black men come together and go through life and its woes and literally have each other's back. I don't think we've really had that many shows like that growing up to be able to see black men just be vulnerable and just really be expressive and just have emotions. You know what I'm saying? It's necessary. Um, I just feel like, you know, Ready to Love is another good show to show like trying to find love and black, you know, being black, trying to find love ain't no easy thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Black Ink Crew, Black Ink is another thing where I feel like it just shows a depiction of having a business and how it's not all glitz and glam. So there's shows out there. But how often, you know, are they depicted where we're pretty much seen in the brighter light? You have shows like Naomi. Never had a girl show. Naomi, Batwoman. Shows where black women are leads. And actually showing that they have superpowers or abilities to be, you know, a part of the Marvel Universe. Endangerment is a thing. But like you have shows like Greenleaf. I was sad that that ended because it shows the true the true essence of what happens in the black church. Stuff that people don't want to talk about because they feel like it's distasteful. No, you need to talk about the truth. Adultery happens in the church. Embezzling happens in the church. 
But I also like how we have shows like all that are on all black, which is networks like, you know, Partners in Rhyme, MC Light just came out with, you know, showing how it is where you were grown up in the industry and you have somebody younger who has more access to media where they don't have to work as hard as much as you do and trying to find a common balance to allow their careers to be able to take force and just not get crazy. Shows like Lace. Lace was a great show that I got, I tapped into where, you know, it's a black, uh, black female law firm owner who gets entangled between her old love and her current husband and, you know, family woes. And it's like being on top so powerful that people are trying to aim for her to try to bring her down. You know, Double Cross, another one, is a is another crazy show that, you know, I watched on there, which is just shows of two twins trying to do the right thing. But one goes to be a doctor, one wants to pursue to be a doctor, but never goes to school, but they have different paths with the same goal. Having shows like, you know, Social Society with Kendall Kendall, Kendra G, and, you know, Vanessa Simmons and Regina Carter, where you're talking about what's going on in today's society, at the same token, you know, doing it in a more aspect where you're engaging for those of, you know, of the millennials. Um, T.S. Madison, T.S. Madison show, giving more light on, you know, the LGBTQ, you know, queer community, but in the black aspect. That's something that's that's stuff that we need. Millennials showing how it is to be a millennial having to survive in a world like this. You know what I'm saying? Like there are shows out there that depict us in our best light or try to give us more of an optimistic outlook. But there's not that many that last long enough for us to be able to where we got to just go back and watch reruns. And it's another microwave situation. You see what I'm saying? Like I want shows that are like blackish, which they can last for seasons and years. Where it's just like, when you sign off and that show comes to an end, you know for a fact, period. We made an impact. We made a difference. Insecure is one. Blackish will be another. You know what I'm saying? And there's several others. But I feel like the endangerment is we got to just start making more stuff for us by us. I feel like that's just really what it is. Like, you know, the Miss Pat show. That show is freaking amazing. Love that show to death. Miss Pat is an amazing comedian, but the, the real life situations of being the only black and talking about that kind of stuff, being in an area coming from Atlanta and going from the struggles, trying to raise your kids, like we need it. We need it. And the scarcity is becoming more of a, an increase into what we need and not embracing them changes. Okay. We got to embrace them changes, but there's somebody out there. That has content. And because people can't put you in a box to check you off on where you belong, like Amanda Seals has amazing content, but they want to box her in. We got to stop letting them box us in and embrace them changes and be the change we want to see. And let's not continue to have black endangered television. Let's give in entertainment, elevation, and education. Let's do that. As I always say on air, Let's keep it real. And as I always tell y'all, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Season five finale. Thanks for staying along and kicking it with your girl. I'll see y'all season six. Y'all stay blessed.